0: Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 65, with special guest Kip Nelson. And Kip has been a pastor for almost 30 years, uh, the last 20 years at Legacy Christian Church. He is a chaplain for the Lee Summit Police Department in Lee Summit, Missouri, and a peer support coordinator. Um, He is also on the board of directors for First Midwest which is a nonprofit for peer support. Um, And he is also involved with West Coast Post-Trauma Retreat, WCPR. So he's a pretty busy guy, and he's been married to his wife Catherine for 30 years and has three grown kids. We have a great conversation with Kip. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of great information. We had a great time doing it, so... Here you go, episode 65 of the Washdown Podcast with guest Kip Nelson.
1: Same video I posted last year. I just reposted it because the circumstances were the same. Oh, yeah. Nice. And this year it took off. Oh, wow. Well, I
0: I think there were enough frustrated Packers fans from last year to this year when you see the exact same thing happening again. And then they extend his contract it ain't his fault <laughs> right <laughs> it's the coach's fault it's 100% Matt LaFleur's fault he is the Marty Schottenheimer <laughs> of modern day coaching he will, you are gonna get you're gonna get 12 to 13 wins in the regular season you're gonna look like world beaters and as soon as you get into the playoffs he's gonna lay the biggest egg he can possibly lay well, even if, after if he a, a bye just
2: got yeah. vaccinated it would been fine <laughs> 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 Oh my God. <laughs> Suck it, <Packers. laughs>
3: hey our, our hey just letting you know our tight uh-huh. end had more touchdown passes in the playoffs than your quarterback did just saying just, that's, just saying. just that's it's out, great it's out there hey it's out there <laughs> um
0: <laughs> did, did your team play in the super bowl we made it further no. than your team. You, you still ended the season with a loss. <laughs> that's the thing. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> the difference was we got a
1: week of rest before the loss. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. True. Yeah. that's
3: true. <laughs>
0: that's true. I do the point. Guys. We, we've
3: also been in two consecutive Super Bowls. We got to let other teams in there, you know? Uh-huh. We're starting to turn into the, the Patriots of... Uh, of the Whoa.
2: league, hey, <laughs> do not put well, that on our team. What, I, hey, that's wow. just what I
3: saw the week of like everyone oh. wanted the Bengals to win in the AFC championship because they're tired of seeing us in the AFC championship.
2: D- the other teams can, um, do better. Yeah. I, hey, trust me,
0: I don't care. Here's a suggestion
3: <laughs> don't suck. Well, I, I totally agree with you because I can at least say I've been a Chiefs fan my entire life, oh, yeah. I and grew so, up with so, fan. so with this hatred, I was like. I've loved this team, and the fact that you guys are now
1: starting to hate it, there it is, finally. I love the Chiefs as long as they're not playing the Packers. Yeah. Okay. Right. Makes sense. Makes I, sense. I will I will go all out for the Chiefs <laughs> as long as they're not playing the Packers. I right. I hear you. There you go. You got your loyalties. <laughs>
0: right. well, I mean, for the longest time, they did spring training together.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the the Chiefs used to go up to Wisconsin, and that's where they had their – spring training camp until nice. they moved it oh, to right. St. Joe. That's yeah. right. Black so River they, Falls. Yeah.
1: So they would they, just, play,
2: they play each other all the time. And yeah. Scrimmage yep. and all that. So
1: I'm a Wisconsin boy, so, you know. And that makes sense. That, 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 that yeah. makes sense.
3: Yeah. Even though I've been down <laughs> here
1: longer than I was up there, you know, once I graduated high school, I left. And,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's Wisconsin. I don't blame you.
1: Oh, man. Wisconsin's been there. amazing, once, man. Once was enough. Wisconsin's <laughs> nice. It
3: is. I've never been. It's just... I would have to go during during the summer because I am not a uh, not a winter guy.
0: Well, so the <laughs> last time that I went to Wisconsin was for Packers playoff game against the 49ers. And it was negative 25 degrees at kickoff. That sounds miserable. So, we got up the <laughs> next morning, I mean still like picked not, up your toes off the ground. Not happy from the <laughs> loss, but it was so cold that driving back on the interstate like, the exhaust from the cars was coming up and, like, freezing onto the back of the car. <laughs> like, we followed an 18-wheeler into Iowa that just from the cab all the way back to the trailer, probably two, three inches thick of ice.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's that's not my yes. weather. The difference is they know how to dress for the weather up there.
0: That is that is true. And I, I, they know
1: how to drive in the snow. Yeah, And they because, know how to
2: clear the snow off the roads. Well, yeah, yes. we, we
1: have it from... November through March He, he <laughs> said November You mean August It starts to cool off in August Yeah
2: was in sweatshirts Hey man I enjoyed summer from July 1st to July 5th
1: <laughs> Then fall <and> yeah. <laughs>
2: no, mm-hmm. I, I, When we were up there I liked it It was it was winter time but it wasn't bad And Green Bay was awesome I, I loved it
1: that's a, that's a neat community Yeah
2: The stadium was awesome We did the tour
1: Yeah
0: it's always nice whenever your stadium is in a residential neighborhood yeah. with a Kmart right next to it.
2: <laughs> it's like, where do we park? Oh, right here on the street. Oh, okay. Or on
1: their yard. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're making weird. a fortune off that. I'm oh, like, they yeah. are.
2: I would just get rid of my yard and blacktop it. Cause you already got get. a snowblower. It's given to you when you turn 18. In Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> it's a graduation <laughs> yeah. gift. Everybody gets one, gets state
2: funded. <laughs> they go ahead and just blacktop your, your yard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: snow blowing 101 yeah. of your freshman college pre-wax
2: yeah. <laughs> i forget, I figured you guys learned that in like fifth grades when you can operate one
1: <laughs> safely fifth grade we didn't wait that long
2: <laughs> well I mean you got it by, you do it by hand before then well,
0: yeah they, but well, everybody from Wisconsin's a little bit bigger than everybody down here so that is true that is, yeah that is true
2: it's all it's all the cheese curds <laughs> which are delicious by the way they are delicious you know, you
1: know how to check when the, you know how to tell when the cheese curds are fresh uh-uh. they squeak when you chew them true uh-huh. story we used to we used to get them when they were still warm and you'd, you'd chew on them and they squeak on your teeth well, there you go oh man
0: wow i didn't know That's that i am getting i just thought they were really good <laughs> can honestly say i've never eaten a cheese
1: curd so what Sure. Oh
2: the,
0: no! The cheese curds, the
2: brats, no brats really brats. good. I love. I, loved, I loved, I'm a brat oh, guy anyway. Dude, yeah, I'm a brat guy. They were really good up there, and the beer was. Awesome. The thing is,
1: here they don't have brat buns.
2: You you you, you, you got, it's, it's a very small section. Them, yeah, and they're like twelve dollars a bun. Yeah, that.
1: <laughs> but the, the thing is, up there, I'm Norwegian, so up there we eat lefse instead of a flour tortilla. Mm-hmm. It's potato. Hmm so good. You can find it here at some Hy-Vee's. My yeah. mind is I've just having, expanding with all this food. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sounds delicious. Sounds like some new recipes I'm going to have to try at the station. <laughs> the
2: perfect place to try them, too. Yeah. you don't like it, shut up and eat. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your own. Yeah.
1: Hey, don't forget to Venmo me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know See, the police police officers don't have time to eat at the station. No. They don't. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not going to go there. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They we're still going to g- we're still gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> they, they go to. There's a quick trip on every
0: corner. Yeah. It's, it's like true. A built-in satellite location for them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's not like you can't come to the station and get a meal.
0: Yeah. We got plenty of food. It's okay. not like we don't invite them I got all the fat time.
2: Just <laughs> by not eating all day.
1: Well. Come on, good good job, sir. I just met you, so I'm (laughs) not going to contribute to that
0: one. Feel free to pile on. Not that I'm saying you're fat.
1: Oh, I'm fat. I know I am. And and I've gained
2: weight being off some surgery too. This sucks. I can't win. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: I I gain weight just by looking at food. So
2: I I can't look at it and not eat it. Right. (laughs) You can't put Oreos in front of me.
1: Yeah. They won't stay there. No, I'll eat the whole sleeve. I don't care. You remember what you said
0: upstairs before we came downstairs? What you told Joey about hearing your sob story? I oh, this ain't no, no, no I'm bragging. <laughs> this is a brag. Listen, I can down a whole thing of
1: Oreos, That's right.
2: and not the not the, the little uh,
3: double stuff.
1: No, yeah. double stuff is.
2: And now they got mega stuff. I don't know if you know this. I haven't tried those yet. I've got right. them. I haven't opened it yet. I just, I'm scared I, of them. I feel like
1: it's.
2: <laughs> I was like, it's huge. <laughs>
1: How do you buy a package of Oreos and not open it?
3: I'm not going to lie. I do that too uh, sometimes. It, it kind of is like it, it just it's a build-up factor. It's like, ah, oh man, you know, I'm really not feeling it right now. It's like once you have that dinner, you're like, yeah, man, easily. some Oreos would really hit hard right now. And sure enough, they're gone. I mean, I've had Oreos <laughs> for
2: lunch.
0: Have, that so, that so was your lunch? That
2: was my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't have it. we had to go to the store. And I was like, man, I'm starving. And I'm looking and... Oreos and milk it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the new red meat. Have it you was had, delicious. Have you had the banana split Oreos? Yes,
2: they're disgusting.
0: They're probably the best Oreos of all <laughs> no. time.
2: Why would I take advice on Oreos from a skinny guy?
0: Because, <laughs> unlike you, I Man, can't are you just... going to listen
2: to me on workout advice? No, shut up. Dude. Freaking Oreos, listen unlike to that
0: Unlike you, guy. I can't, I don't eat just one sleeve. I eat the whole package and still look like this, so- You're eating a single-serving package. Genetics
1: trust me it'll change
0: everybody keeps telling me that and i'm 42 and it hasn't changed yet
1: i graduated high school with a 28 inch waist it ain't 28 inches anymore
0: one side my thigh wow well on that note kip thanks for coming on the show absolutely appreciate it um so obviously we've kind of touched on the fact that you are from wisconsin so will not you give us a little background, tell us what you do, and why you're here.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and uh, graduated high school in the late 80s, I'll just leave it there, and went down to Joplin, Missouri, to Ozark Christian College, okay, where I majored in music, yeah. And so I've been a pastor now for uh, 30 years. I don't do the music thing anymore, um, but uh, I still play drums when I get a chance, but I don't lead it anymore. I've moved on to other things. So I was a campus pastor for 13 years, which means that the church I serve at called Legacy Christian Church here in Kansas City, um, we have multiple campuses, and I was able to lead one of those campuses. And in the community that I live in, I'm able to serve our local uh, police force and uh, the men and women of that agency, and it's just great to be there. And through that, I've just gotten more uh, passion For first responders and just getting to know them getting opportunities to serve them I've gotten connected into peer support Uh, I'm a co-leader there in our agency Uh, I've been doing that for the last five years and through that I've gotten connected to first Midwest which is an incredible organization serving our first responders in multiple different facets and uh, been able to also serve with um, the Midwest post-trauma retreat as well. So helping people through their trauma. I serve in those capacities as chaplain as well. And so I get to just get involved and encourage them and help in any way that I can. So it's just incredible to be a part of this. I appreciate you having me here tonight. Oh well
0: definitely thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so as a chaplain, I mean so tell us a little bit about that. Like what does that entail with the peer support and the WCPR and
1: and all that stuff like what is the role of a chaplain in that yeah absolutely there's a lot of similarities between chaplaincy and peer support but there's also a lot of differences Right, right right so when people hear chaplain they automatically think what Bible yeah religion yeah they're here to force religion down my throat they're here to you know change my moral value well that's not our role even as a chaplain, uh, to first responders. My role is not to change your moral values. It's not to change your way of thinking. It's not to preach to you. (laughs) My role is to come in and support you and encourage you and your family and the community at the agency in which you serve. Um, I come alongside our officers And I'm with them when we do death notifications. Uh, When somebody loses a loved one, if they're having a hard time coping, they call myself or one of our other chaplains in where we get to come alongside the family and just try to be that help in that tremendous time of need. And uh, of course, so much of what we do as a chaplain to be effective is establishing relationships. It's getting connected. It's getting to know our personnel on a personal level. It's knowing what's going on in their lives so that if and when crisis hits in their life, we have a relationship where they know we're safe to come to. They can talk to us. We can be there for them, just like any of their peers. Well, that's where it came in that I had the opportunity to join our peer support team because I had established uh, a healthy relationship with so many of our officers. And I was able to be there in times of crisis where we've lost officers and I'm able to be there and we've got the relationship and they trust me to open up and share. I've gotten to know their families where I can be there for them, whether they lose a loved one or whatever it is. But then on the peer support side, when there's struggle at work, or maybe it's a, uh, a scene that they've had to work, or they're just having a hard time processing. Uh, again, they use me as they would any other peer support member. And uh so but they know that I'm not gonna try to grow my church right <laughs> through what I'm doing at the agency. Yeah. And uh just the opportunities through peer support and chaplaincy. I was able to get connected with First Midwest, which led to the opportunity with WCPR and uh it's just been a, a great Great experience. When I say WCPR, I'm always afraid I'm going to say WKRP. I, that's what I was waiting. <laughs> to I'm like, Park? <laughs> yeah. We're going to start dropping <laughs> yeah. turkeys from a helicopter, and you know. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's all I heard. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they call me Les. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I <can> see it. <laughs> it's just been incredible, though, to to be able to serve the men and women, and and, and expand from beyond the local police department. To connecting with the firefighters in our community and some of the EMTs, and you see them on scene and you get to follow up with them. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, and
0: that's one of the biggest things. And I think it kind of transcends the whole peer support thing. It goes along with, you know, obviously chaplaincy, but then therapists and counselors as well is being able to build that relationship. Because in our line of work, trust is a huge thing because we have to trust each other with our lives. You know, not to be overly dramatic, but, you know, whenever we're going to a call, get to a call, you know, if it's a house fire or a car wreck or something, you know, we're depending on each other to, you know, we're all trying to keep each other safe and still do the job. And when you can't depend on somebody, it gets known pretty quick. And it's like, okay, I'm not, I know I can't trust that person, so I'm not going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. All it takes is that one bad experience. And then it's like, okay, well, you know that guy? Yeah, no, don't trust him.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and, and then you compound that with here's this outsider coming in yeah. who, who isn't a firefighter, who isn't a police officer, you know, coming in. So that's, that's, that's one hard thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and they're, they're a pastor on top of that, which has this stigma. Right, uh-huh. and so when I first started doing this over seven years ago, I, I feel like I can talk to pretty much anybody, right, and just hold a semi-intelligent conversation from my side, you know. But I got in there, and I started going, "Man, I don't know if I'm going to make it," because every time I walk into a room, everything stops. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. every room you walk into, you feel like they're talking about you because when you walk in, conversation's done. Oh yeah, you know, and. then they know you're coming yeah yeah, yeah. the radio goes off it's no but but then you're sitting there and i i'd go into shift brief and i start hearing them talking they're not stopping the conversations now and at least one or two of them say hi but they're still at that point where they apologize to me before they cuss (laughs) (laughs) sorry chaplain and (laughs) they lay it out there you know and i'm like hey no need to apologize. You're, you're fine. You're not offending me. You know, all this stuff. And eventually, you start to break through. And it's 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 when you get to walk in, and those officers or those firefighters are who they are, whether you're there or not. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, that's probably the biggest compliment they can pay you.
1: And and it's like, okay, I feel like I'm I'm in. Unfortunately, in my situation, to totally break through, that was the loss of one of our officers. Right. But as tragic as that was, it allowed me to become more effective within our own agency. Right. And uh, it's been incredible. So now when I go on scene, whether it's a death notification, whether I'm called to a scene, yes, I'm focusing on the family that suffered a loss. But just as much I'm focusing on our officers. How are they holding up? You know, um, hopefully I know enough about what's going on in their lives that if it's too close to home, I can know what's going on and I can follow up with them, make sure they're doing okay, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you guys, you first responders are definitely a hard group <laughs> to break into. <laughs> I have ne- will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I will, I will, I will take care of that right now. <laughs> but you know, it really is. Um, I consider it a tremendous honor to be considered part of the first responder family. Uh, it's been a lot of work. Yeah, It didn't just happen, Yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a privilege. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing it does, you know, like you said, it,
0: it does take a lot of work because we are for all of our, you know, being out in the community and, and stuff like that, we are still pretty a closed off. You know, if you're not one of us, then you're not one of us. Yeah. And it does take some time, but, you Know we let people in, oh, yeah. Well, and, then you get,
1: I you know, the thing with the police officers, you get in their car, that's their office, mm-hmm. it's their car, you know. <laughs> and so, um, you get in there, and man, you, you, you need to know how to read people
0: <laughs> because I, I can see that. on a
1: lot of the office years, you can tell when they've had enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Usually, that's about the time the handcuffs go on that's right. <laughs> when they ask me to sit in the back seat. I know I've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: Before they put it in drive in the parking lot is what you're saying? That's right.
1: That's right. No, it is nice though because it, it is at a time in our agency where anymore I go in, I've got my gear and my go bag in my car. Because anytime I go in just for a shift brief or whatever it is, listen, if an officer says, hey, you riding today? You want to jump in? I'm like, yeah, I'll jump in with you. You know, Because I don't know if they've got something they want to talk about or if they just want something in the car. But man, if I get invited to go, I'm going to go because that's an opportunity yeah. to encourage them. This this is a tough tough time to be a first responder. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I think it's well, more
2: so on their end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Than, than ours.
1: And we're fortunate that in the community in which I live, we, we've got great support uh, from our community. But it's still a hard time with what you see on the news and um, and politicians. Well, and it's still got to be in the
0: back of their mind of, well, yeah, I have the support now, but what if, and what if this thing happens or that thing happens? And then how is it going to be portrayed, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I've talked to guys and girls that are on the police department that, I mean, they're legitimately worried about that. They can do everything by the book and still end up going to prison. Right. You know, so.
2: Well, then you got the jury of public opinion. Yeah, and you know, most people have a social media account of some sort. Well, yeah, and then you got you know, so that that something happens while they're at work, and then of course the news reports on it, and you get not even a third of the facts. You know, let's say an eighth, and people made up their mind already, and they see all these nasty comments coming down, and it's just that's got that weighs on you.
0: Absolutely, you know? and and I just moved districts. Um, this past weekend, um, but the district I was in before, I lost count of the number of calls that I was on. Where it was just a routine, like you know, EMS call or whatever, and there were multiple cameras recording us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we're there, we're actively helping people. You, that's why we go. I mean, we're not arresting anybody. We're not taking anybody to jail. We're not doing anything like that. They called us because they're hurt, they're sick, they're whatever, and we're there putting them on a on a cot into the ambulance. And we're being videotaped. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you have nothing better to do?
2: No, they don't. That's why they're standing with a video camera <laughs> trying to find a reason to get you in trouble. Well,
1: it, it, it is crazy. And, you know, we're fortunate again, where I have the opportunity to serve, to, to be in a, in a community where police and fire work so well together. You know, they're unified. And I know that there are some uh, communities that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But to be in, in so many organizations within the Kansas City area where they got each other's backs. Yeah. You know, because the job, whether it's police, fire, EMT, whatever it is, the job is stressful enough.
0: It absolutely is. You know,
1: man, if we've got that camaraderie between agencies mm-hmm. to support each other when we get these rubberneckers and the people with the cameras, that we've got each other's backs. Yeah. You know, and just knowing that hey, I have got this; these guys that have my back. I got these chaplains that have my back. I've got you know, um, I'll tell you, I'll defend anybody that's a first responder in our community with everything I got. You know, I, of course, I live by the thing, you know, privately, con- uh, privately confront, publicly defend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I really uh, understand
0: that. Uh, it's. I'm. I'm more of a. Uh... I'm a wait and see. I want to see all the information. First.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of being on, uh, either, on either side. On either side. Yeah. And it's it, I mean, we're
2: human. We're yeah. we to Make mistakes. It yeah. you know it's really
1: it's really hard to. Uh, so many times where I'm sitting in a coffee shop just minding my own business, I hear people talking about something that's gone on. I'm sitting going, man, your facts are so far off, but I can't correct you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. say anything. Well, yeah. I mean, you can talk to your blue
0: in the face, but there's, you can find whatever you want to confirm whatever you believe on this, on your phone, right. on your computer,
1: whatever. You can,
2: it's so easy to distort facts. Yeah, it so is.
1: And, and then you go into a, like a peer support debrief um, or something of this nature. And, I'm going to move the mic a little closer to your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> like I said, like I told him, you can take it with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I keep moving my chair away. <laughs> I keep hitting the table, So, But it, it's one of those things where you go into a debrief with first responders that have that been through um, a, a crisis or, 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 or a scene that's been difficult. And you feel the pain. You feel the weight that they're carrying. And they, they may not even recognize it themselves. You know, but to be in that setting where it's safe, and they're not being forced to talk or say anything, and be able to process that in a healthy setting Mm -hmm. with other people that understand, and to have a culturally competent (laughs) counselor (laughs) there, um, it's it's such a blessing that we've got such an active peer support uh, within our agencies here in the Kansas City area it's just incredible because the world is a, it's a tough place <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and yeah, we yeah. need that support.
0: So I want to back up a second. Cause I had a question pop into my head a few minutes yeah. ago, whenever you were talking about, you know, you would go in for, you know, shift briefs or whatever. And then if somebody wanted you to ride in the car, you would. So I know you want and that's one of the things with peer support and being a chaplain or counselor or whatever, you, you kind of, with these populations, it's not a nine to five, you know, Hey, you know, I understand. Don't call me after five. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not one of those things. Cause you know, my wife is a counselor and that we deal with that as well of, you know, things happen at odd times and hours and whatever. How do you separate that and make sure that you're not over committing to that stuff and keeping that kind of your home life, your home life
1: yeah. and not letting it bleed over too much. Well, it's hard because even as a pastor, well, it's yeah. time demanding, right? I can get yeah. called out. Somebody's loved one is, past, what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So there's, there's two highly time-consuming <laughs> worlds uh, that are colliding.
0: Yeah. You're probably the wrong person. I shouldn't have asked plus, that question. Plus, <laughs> no, but, but, but,
1: it, but it's a fair question because you've got to have that balance. Number one, I'm just going to clarify it right now. I'm married so far out of my league, it's not even funny. Right. <laughs> I've, got, I've got an amazing wife who's highly supportive of not just my ministry at the church, but my service at the agency. Right. And mm-hmm. she is such a blessing because when when there's an officer, or a family in need, and I say, hey, I've got to go, I've got this. She's like, go, do your thing, you know? Now, if I'm out on a date... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say, so, hey, can you call one of the other chaplains, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those things where in our agency, we've got uh, several chaplains. And so we have a rotation set up. So I'm not on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Okay. Right? So we've got chaplains that are, that are on rotation. Okay. Um, now, in the event that a chaplain that's on rotation is on another call, which rarely happens, or for some reason they don't hear their phone, I may get a call for that but as a volunteer cuz everything I do for first responders is volunteer right uh which I don't mind I I'm passionate about what I do as a volunteer I can always say no I don't know that I ever have <laughs> 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 but I can, I can always say no and the agency understands that but uh it really is when I'm going to be out of town or if I know I'm going to be out of pocket I'll let the dispatch no. they're the ones who call us i'll let them know hey i'm not going to be available on these dates so that they don't you know time of time is of the essence right you know that and so i don't want them to call me when i know i'm not going to be available right yeah. uh, so we got family in town this weekend we're going to a concert tomorrow night i probably won't even hear my phone ring <laughs> right <laughs> you didn't go to the journey concert last night i <laughs> wish i wish but uh, uh, but no, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, um, we're ready in, in the moment, you know. Um, but it is hard to balance time with family, mm. career, and, yeah, you know, the agency.
0: And I see that with this side of it. And then I also see it with, you know, police officers and firefighters of balancing that work and home life. Because a lot of us tend to we're 100 percent work Mm -hmm. you know it's hey we're i'm working overtime i'm doing this with and it's all about the fire department or the police department or whatever it is and
1: then the family kind of takes a back seat absolutely i mean you're you're hey we're gonna pick up overtime we're gonna do these things and a lot of times i you know uh from friends that i've got that are firefighters um they they work the firefighter, as a firefighter these days of the week, and then they're out painting houses or doing something else mm-hmm. the rest of the week. I mean, there's that same tension that's there, you know. And for me, I try to use a lot of times when I go to the agency, you know, just to go to a shift brief or just go up and check on dispatch or whatever. A lot of times, my kids are grown. Uh, my kids are 19, 20, and 23, you know. And so my kids are out doing their things. Uh, if my wife is out at a meeting or uh, doing something for, for church or whatever, and I know that they're not going to be home, that's a great time for me to go by the agency, right? I'm not taking away from them. You know, I get to be there to uh, just visit with the uh, officers or whatever, you know. So I try to be smart <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in in my time management there. But I also try to be observant of you know my pro- my family probably needs me at home right now. I've been gone 3 nights this week. I probably don't need to make it a fourth right now. Yeah. You know, so I I've got to be aware of that and as gracious as my wife is with my time, she's not afraid to say we need some too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I
0: I mean, that's key for any relationship, I think, yeah. is to to be able to be honest with each other
1: like that. Yeah, because like, hey. cuz we're going on 30 year in May, it'll be 30 years that we've been married and, uh, uh, it's great. And of course we got, we've got a grandson now and I've determined that, yeah, I've determined that grandkids make kids worth it. So you'll probably find that out soon enough. No, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we still want to balance that to have that quality uninterrupted time. Yeah. Well, and I
0: think, and I've talked with, rachel about this a little bit it it just it also sets a good example for the people that you're trying to help i think
1: absolutely you know absolutely
0: hey you know i'm here to help you yes but also you need to stop doing what you're doing you can't spend all your time you know there's life outside of the police department the fire department you know and that that's a huge thing and you whenever you talk about you know ptsd and depression and things like that it's like okay well you had all of these hobbies before you came on or even halfway through your career and now you don't do any of them Mm -hmm. why well you know i i hang out with the guys and you know i I work this overtime and then i got my part-time job and then i'm running this business and i'm doing this and doing that and okay dude you you have to slow down you have to you you can't run at a hundred miles an hour all the time eventually
1: that train will stop well it's not healthy emotionally or yeah. <laughs> relationally yeah you know it's yeah. just not and but I think the other other side is true too in my case as a volunteer it's when a, uh, an officer knows that hey I left my time at home mm-hmm. because you had a need and I'm glad to be here yeah you know oh absolutely it, it's a big thing and you know we had a situation several years ago Um where we had officers involved in a shooting. And I love this because I get this call, it's like 1230 in the morning. Hey Kip, we've had this uh, critical incident at the agency and one of our officers requested you. You know, it's like, I don't need all that. but. Yeah. Anyways, I get to the agency and I go into this officer and I say, "Hey, man, what's what's going on? How you doing?" He goes, "Oh, nothing. I'm fine." He goes, "I said, okay. Well, they said you requested me." He goes, "Yeah. I figured if we're going to sit here all night, you may as well be here too." (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Number one, I took that as a compliment. Yeah. But number two, I was there until they were done with everything at six thirty in the morning, right? And we had, I had solid. They couldn't talk to each other because right. of a policy and processes yeah. um, but I was able to visit with all of them and you know support them and encourage them and now I didn't get much I didn't get any sleep that night yeah but I still found time for my family the next day right yeah um, and that was actually on my birthday right? <laughs> <laughs> so I will forever remember it but yeah. it's just one of those things though where um, I gave up on that sleep gladly to support our our officers, but then I gladly stayed awake so I could spend time with my family. Right? So I could keep that yeah, that, keep that balance. balance there. Yeah. You know? And so it, it it's work. It's yeah. gotta be intentional. Yes. But family has to be part of it, whether you've got small children or whether your empty nest or it's just you and your wife. Because we have to fill the emotional tanks of our spouse. And part of that is quality time. Mm-hmm right it's it's not being at home when you're working overnight shifts and coming home sleeping all day while they're at work and then they come home and we're sitting on our phones in front of the TV exactly it, it's it's ha- hey you know what <laughs> put the phone down put the phone down mm-hmm. you know <laughs> let it go focus on your spouse well, focus on your children
2: if you don't put the phone down though or if you how am i supposed to watch tiktok And meet famous people on TikTok if I don't have my phone in my hand. (laughs) First off, you gotta you gotta raise the bar of your goals in life. Over four million views. I don't know how many likes. I might dig it out and look.
1: That was just a. uh, See how he set it up. He knew. uh I knew where you were going.
2: He's like, I'm gonna get to talk about my TikTok video. Watch. Uh, No, (laughs) that's. That exactly did, what you did. That didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> the bait I knew that, what you were sex. doing. No, my my whole my
1: whole point before taking out of context. <laughs>
2: I'll take the bait every time. I knew what you were doing.
1: No, my whole point was that it's it's that focused time. It's our kids know when we're distracted. Mm-hmm. Our spouses know when we're distracted, whether it's because of these portable devices or or stress from the job. They know when we're disconnected mm-hmm. right and man, we've got to we've got to be present when we have that limited time at home yeah you know it's it's man, i'll tell you what i I get done with church on a Sunday morning, I just put in five hours, and i'm spent. You may go well, how's the pastor spent on sunday it's a lot of it actually is a lot of work, you know, mm-hmm. and I get home and I'm spent, but you know what my two and a half year old grandson comes to the house. He grabs my pinky and he says, "Get on floor and play." What do you think I'm going to do? Getting on the floor. Get on the and floor playing. and play. It may not be very long, so my back, but <laughs> but I'm going to do it because that's what he's wanting. He he wants that time, mm-hmm. you know, cool. and and attention. Yeah,
0: and that's something that you never get back.
1: The time is it only goes one way. Yep. And whenever it's gone, it's gone. You know, as a pastor and even as a chaplain. I didn't want my kids growing up resenting the church or resenting the agency because it took dad away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So I had to be intentional. i tell you what, talking to my kids this week, you know, we every family has their challenges. We've gone through some stuff just like any other family. And my son, it just says, you guys have always been there. You've never missed a ball game. You've never, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen her going, wow, you noticed. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. you know, kids but know. but it's it's there, and I'm. I'm not only was I at the game, but I wasn't on my phone while I was at the game. <laughs> right, I was. I was. They even on the court. My kids were basketball players. My boys were. Even on the court, they knew. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Hey, Dad, you went out. Where'd you go during the game? Oh, I had to take a phone call. They pick it up. Oh yeah, you know it's even I mean, more uh, so at home. I always noticed. Yeah,
0: you know, so.
1: Now when I was growing up, we didn't have these things. We didn't I grew up before the internet. And so did I. I'm an old I'm an old guy. Yeah.
2: I remember when the internet came out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when the... Al Gore created it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joey.
0: Do you do you need explanation I, I, for that no i i was you know I was, I was
1: i was
3: <laughs> <laughs> what was it like before
0: no i was
1: we used to play I, outside <laughs> yeah.
3: hey, i was the same way there was there was a time where my grandma like i would be at my grandma's house and she's on the internet and i'll try and call my mom and you just hear that
1: tone and it's like oh, no
3: get off the phone i'm on the internet i'm like all right cool
1: i remember in our entertainment we used to have these phones that were called landlines <laughs> where they hang on the wall and you had to dial them like <laughs> yeah oh, the rotary yeah. Yeah. yeah or or eventually they moved into push button but i remember the days where the entertainment was trying to quietly pick up the phone on the other end to listen in <laughs> yep. on the conversation <laughs> yep you know <laughs> you
2: heard that little click yep. or
1: the party lines my wife had uh, their family had party lines where the neighbors shared the same
2: line mm-hmm. oh yeah Everybody's phone would ring and... Yeah, yeah. You don't, he- you don't hear about those very often. <laughs> no. She had one of the phones where you had to crank it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did not have that. <laughs>
1: I do remember the pay phones, you know?
2: Yep. I remember calling mom and dad, 1-800-COLLECT. Hey, it's me. Come pick me up. Click.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I'm just glad I never had to call from the police station.
3: Yep, never did that. <laughs> I, I still, I still kind of think about it, like if, if something was to happen, who's my first to call? Because like it used to be, I would think my parents, but no, they are terrible at answering their phone. So it's <laughs> like if they're only going to give me one phone call, I got to have a reliable person to call.
0: <laughs> who's going to pick up an unknown number? That's, <laughs> That's <the> right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, back then, I mean, very not very often was they like. The well, like you have the caller ID now where it's like, yeah. hey, this is from Syracuse. I'm like yeah. uh Yeah, that's spam. So yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. So for me, I was I was like, man, if something gonna, weird I'm, was to
2: happen. I know who I'm calling. Nine one one. I got all my information. Call my wife, tell her I'm in this jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
1: a
3: good idea
1: <laughs> You know what what's interesting is um our officers go through, and they you guys probably have something similar to this, where it's the emergency list if something mm-hmm. happens to you yeah. while you're on the job and Contact so forth. List, yeah. Yeah. And I remember we were updating those a few years ago. They just did it agency-wide. And I had, I don't know, at least eight or nine officers come up. With, hey, just so you know, <laughs> you're, you're the one it, they're calling so yeah. you can tell my wife. And I'm like, thanks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Appreciate that, bud. <laughs> you know, but, but at the same token, it's humbling and it's an honor. Yeah absolutely you know I'm, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret that means you're in you know i love it yeah. i love it it's it's uh it's it's fun to call these first responders brothers and sisters right it's just um we had lost another officer several years ago and following the funeral that i was honored to do um the widow and several of our officers came up and said hey we're gonna go out and get tattoos on Friday. The service was on a Wednesday, and they said, would you go with us? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. So we met for lunch, and I go in with them. They're all on, you know, getting their tattoos and stuff, and all of a sudden, one of them comes up and goes, so what are you getting? I go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Say what
0: now? He said,
1: well, what are you getting? And I'm like, <laughs> um, I pull up my phone, and I, I typed in thin blue line flag, and I tattoo, and I scanned it through. I said, that one's kind of cool. And they go, oh, yeah, it is. So I've got... wow and now i already had one on this arm but i go home my wife goes i knew you'd do it (laughs) i'm like i thought i was just going
0: you know come on kip you didn't think you were just going i did
1: i did i but anyways it's You, you don't go
0: to a tattoo shop just to be moral support for a friend, it's always. I went
1: to be moral support for like six friends. Yeah, you know that's even yeah. that's, that's even worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
3: that's, yeah, that's even worse. That's a lot of peer pressure, you're yeah. getting a tattoo. <laughs> it's
1: happening. No, I mean it was just. Um, I, I really, did. as naive as I am, I did. I, I I just went to be support. No, I wasn't against getting the tattoo. I just didn't want to. You know, I I didn't go planning on doing it. Right. You know, but man, when they asked. Especially due to the occasion, yeah. I thought, yeah, all right, this is this is an honor, and you know, it's cool because um, we see each other and we see those tattoos that we all got, you know, and we remember him, but we also remember our other fallen <laughs> fallen brothers and sisters, you know, and and uh, it's just it's interesting to watch an agency grieve. Right. It's, it's, um, I'm sure it's the same thing in the firehouse. It's your family.
0: Yeah. Well, we spend so much of our time together, you know, so much of our lives, we're together 24 hours, sometimes longer than that, depending on what type of shift you work or overtime or whatever. So,
1: I mean, you can develop pretty close bonds with well, the people that you work with. Absolutely. And then like you mentioned earlier, you've got the trust factor. Yeah. And if something goes wrong, that's a whole nother layer mm-hmm. to process through, yep, and that's where I'm so grateful for peer support. I'm so grateful for first Midwest and all these other organizations that are out there to to provide the support and the the resources
0: <laughs> yeah well, and that's that's the thing is. And we've kind of talked about this, touched on this before on this podcast, of the demand isn't going down. You know, the demand is going up for resources. And we have a finite amount of resources. So, I don't know, something needs to change, whether it's, you know, preventative or whatever just to kind of take that burden off but that's a whole another conversation and how do you get that started and what is it and what does it look like and so yeah i mean because i know wcpr so rachel's doing that in what next week Uh, two weeks two weeks right Yep. i mean you guys have space for five or six people right that's it well that's a you know i I don't want to i'm not meaning it in a bad way But it's a drop in the bucket. Right. 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 So there's so many people that need help. And I, you know, I just, what needs to happen? Right. You know, how do we, how do we take what is legitimately, I mean, we've thrown around the word pandemic for the last two years, but it's at that level. You know, we have more deaths by suicide than we have line of duty deaths. So... I mean, what do we need to do? How do we need to, how can we move forward and at least, yeah. I don't think you're ever going to stop it and make that number zero. I just, I don't think that's a reality. Mm-hmm. But how do you bring that number back down to where, and I don't want to say acceptable because it's not acceptable,
1: but to a lower level. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, again, we can go back and say resources. Well. Yeah. A, the resources have to be available. Mm-hmm. B, the first responders have to be willing to reach out and get the resources and utilize the resources. Yeah. Whether it's their EAP or whatever it is, isn't that what's called EAP? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. But that's one of the big challenges too. Is we can have resources available, we can have peace, peer support available, but if it's not visible, mm-hmm. if it's not credible, if it's not available, yeah. it's not going to be utilized. Well, and that's the thing is the credibility
0: that's that's what a lot of it boils down to it's you know we're we're starting to see in a lot of departments a culture shift to where it's more acceptable to reach out for mental health support and resources and we're just lagging behind in the and remember what i said earlier of oh well this one person went in to this therapist or counselor or peer support member and they had a bad experience Okay, well, that taints the whole program now.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I think it's something that we need to be very cautious and very protective of to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because one bad experience can ruin a program.
1: And that that experience could be uh, ill-equipped or culturally incompetent mm-hmm. counselor. It could be a breach of confidence by one of their own peers mm-hmm. or a chaplain. It, you know what I'm saying? There's there's so many layers to that. Yeah. And we're in such an interesting time. I've said this before, and I don't know if it makes sense to you guys or not, but for so many years, the mindset was suppress, suppress, suppress. Just pull up the bootstraps and keep going. Then we've got these guys coming in who suddenly this peer support's available, and they're going, all right, if you're that weak that you need to use it, go ahead. So now you got these young guys that want to be something in these you know, older guys' eyes, Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And then you get these young guys that are coming in right now. Their way of processing is by throwing it all out there on social media, which isn't healthy either.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've actually had that conversation of maybe you
1: shouldn't post that. Right. Right. And so it's really interesting because I've had to have the same conversation, you know, and because everybody wants to offer their opinion, they want to offer their solution But they don't understand the culture. They don't understand what they're really trying to process. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I've never been – I haven't been in a fraction of the um, incidents that first responders have been in. I've I've been some pretty awful things, right? But we we can't – unless you're in there, you don't understand what these first responders are processing, right? So how do we get that – support for them without forcing it on them the first thing is they've got to be willing to do it Mm -hmm. but what does it take to make them willing you know what i'm saying
0: yeah well and unfortunately it's either a catastrophic event or a cultural change usually due to a catastrophic event
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know we are professional problem solvers that's a problem that we're not very good at solving right now well it's like the mechanic (laughs) drives the worst cars you know yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah, after What's your, that? After, your, after, your, after a day of fixing other people's problems, do you really want to work on yours?
1: Absolutely, and that's
2: and that's the problem you run into.
1: You know, and then I go to a, then I go to a conference or a workshop, and I learn how to do active listening. <laughs> right, <laughs> I took a four hour class on how to listen. Where does that make sense? Right, but I took this four hour class on how to listen. I go home, and I try it on my wife. And she looks at me, she goes, stop it.
2: (laughs) There's there's a word for those conferences. It's called a pyramid scheme.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's one of the hardest things, though, is, you know, as a chaplain, I finally get to where I'm in and I've got officers willing to talk to me. And we're starting to get into the meat of a conversation, maybe something they're going through, and we get called out. And our conversation, it's done. Because those, those we start running code, I don't say a whole lot. Yeah, no, and <laughs> yeah. you should not. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it may be, we may be on scene for 20 minutes. We may be on scene for three hours. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always just allow us to go right back into the conversation, right? Yeah. And so that makes it a challenge as a chaplain I'm writing along. As a peer, I can't force them to talk. Right. And then you you get into a lot of it where there's a lot of agencies that is it safe to talk to peer support because how does command staff feel?
0: Yeah, that's a big one,
1: especially on the law enforcement side. Absolutely. So.
0: Absolutely.
1: And they've started doing some things where they'll actually have command staff debriefs and then they'll have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, debrief for everybody else. And, and we mean it, but we know the reality. <laughs> well, and I mean,
0: so I'm kind of like, I can see both sides of that of, yes, you want, you want your command staff to be involved in it and show, you know, the rank and file or whatever that it's okay to reach out for help and look, I'm doing it too or whatever. But then there's also that, there's that other side of leadership that's like, you know, do, should I really be sharing my issues with your you know your subordinates this patrol officer over here or this firefighter over here whenever i'm a captain or a chief or a deputy you know should we really be in the same room right because and i think like with us as firefighters like the things that we go through as firefighters then as captains and battalion chiefs like your stressors change and you're you know, your whole decision-making process. So like at a fire, you know, yeah, Chris and I and Joey will be in there doing work and one of us might get hurt and it'll, it affects us directly and like, you know, Oh, my friend got hurt or whatever. But then as the battalion chief, who's in charge of that scene, their stressor probably would be, or could be, at least this is my own thinking, cause I'm not a battalion chief, but it's, Okay, we were doing this. Did I really need to have that crew in there mm-hmm. and that guy got hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, could I've made a different decision and prevented that? So, it, it so it's a different I think it's a different set of problems for the same well, situation. There's also you know? I think there's
2: another added problem when you're talking law enforcement and you're going through mental health issues. What's the liability of keeping that officer on the street? For him or her and the department.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's true in any, you know, first, you know, are they going to freeze in this scenario, whatever it is. And, you know, and that's, that's why it's so hard. That's why we're off. I, we're doing more every year. We're doing more and more peer debriefs. <laughs> Number one, right. because we're getting more and more critical incidents. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going down. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, but, but this is why I know in law enforcement, they do separate debriefs for the command staff than they do the rest of the officers and patrol. Um, but there's still that thing going, am I really safe to say something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're not recording, you know, we're not writing anything down, but you know, and it's one of those things, there's this fear of, am I going to look weak? Mm Mm-hmm right? And I i tell you what, now I'm on the outside as far as I'm not an officer, right? I don't deal with a lot of what our first responders deal with. But in my mind, I'd rather get the support and process this in a healthy manner. So I'd rather be seen as a little weak, but healthy, <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you know, in reality, reaching out for that help and getting that help, that's actually a sign of strength. Strength. It's not weakness at all. Absolutely. But unfortunately, the way that our cultures work, until you've actually gone through something like that yourself, you don't realize it. or You have, because there's still that stigma, as much as we want to say that, you know, we're making strides and we're making progress, the stigma is still there and it's still real that, well— if you need mental health help or, you know, you're having a tough time with whatever, maybe this ain't the job for you, hmm. you know, and it that is what it is. I don't know that that's ever going to go away just because of the personality types that kind of tend to be drawn to this field. We're very alpha. We're very, you know, what's a good word for it? Dominant. Yeah, not really, but <laughs>
2: nice try. I, I used a synonym. <laughs> a who? Yeah. Oh, we're into an English lesson, aren't we?
0: College boy, just sit there and be quiet. <laughs> I hate, hater Aid's blowing <laughs> over there.
1: It's because you couldn't hack it and dropped out. Oops. Hey. And scene Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Words. So, but, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, but no, I mean, that's, I mean, there are very, there's a very specific personality type that tends to be drawn. Now, that's not to say that there aren't other personality types oh, yeah. drawn to the field. I mean, you have the helper and all of that stuff as well. But for the most part, I would say, at least it's been in my experience, that we're all kind of, you know, that alpha A type, mm-hmm. you know, I've got this. I'm the person that does the helping, I'm good. I don't need the help. And then
1: until you do, <laughs> you know, and then the wheels completely come off. Well, and so often because of that strong type A personality, we need the help, but we've always said we don't need it. Mm-hmm. And now can we bring ourselves to the point where we actually say we do need it, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, that's not a sign of weakness. <laughs> no,
0: it's a sign of strength and it's Absolutely. Growth. I mean, and here's the thing, like, you should be growing and evolving every day of your life. You know, it. the goal shouldn't be, okay, well, I'm here and I'm good. I'm just going to stay right here. No, you should always be trying to improve yourself, even just a half a percent. You know, every day, do something that kind of puts you out of your comfort zone. And that's how you grow and get better.
1: Read a book. Well, we... we I know in law enforcement, you know, they, they always go out and they practice at the gun range, right? They practice all these tactical moves. I I don't believe they practice at (laughs) a gun range. That's a different conversation though. (laughs) I've seen too many videos of point blank range. (laughs) But, but they practice their skill sets. They practice, they practice their, what they need to do to protect themselves and to protect others. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've got, uh, as firefighters, I don't know what you do to improve yourself. Um, you shoot water at stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly no. what you do. No, but, but you, guys have, you guys sharpen your skills so that you're effective at what you do. You, 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 know, you know what you need to do. When, when everybody else is running out of the building, you're prepared to run into the building, right? Mm-hmm. And here comes the question I've got that I'm constantly asking myself is what can we do? What tools can we put in the belts of our first responders they're going to equip them to remain healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And so, one of the things we look at within our agency is what what's what are some of the leading causes of divorce among first responders? There's finances. There's what, what I'm, is, I'm, I was, I was infidelity, adult, yeah. Adultery, infidelity, okay, infidelity,
0: alcoholism, yeah, or
1: drug addiction, abuse. Okay, so dependency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what if we offer on a more consistent basis financial training, how to set a budget, live by a budget, uh, support for that, how to teach them to live within their means.
2: How about how about set up for retirement? Set it's, up for that's retirement, a huge stressor.
1: Absolutely, yeah. because that is a stressor, especially as you get older. Right. Yeah. It's and, not a
0: stressor whenever you got two years on the job. Yeah. It's a stressor when you have 18 years on the job. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: you but start, then you
2: start counting your pains like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> 50 years. Here I come. <laughs>
1: but what if we're offering things within our agencies to strengthen marriages, to build the communication skills, to equip them how to handle conflict within the marriage? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. What if we equip them and say, hey, we're going to provide childcare for the kids of first responders so that you can know your kids are safe and being taken care of so you and your spouse can go out and spend quality time with each other for a few hours and pour into your marriage, right? And build the skills where they're going to encourage each other and build each other up. And, and want to communicate. Actually, maybe as in a marriage, want to be together.
0: <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but,
1: you know, it's, it's one of those things, though, where, so what we do in our agency, if, if we are utilized as a peer, right, the only form that we fill out, we don't put any names, we don't put any major, everything's a checkbox, right? Was it male or female, was their topic uh, mar- you know marriage was it finances was it stress on the job we you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. we mark these things why do we do that because we can compile that data and see hey what what's a trend that's happening here right now right and one of the things we've noticed is hey you know what we've got some major budget concerns personal finance concerns mm-hmm. so our agency is in the process right now of offering a program to help. In fact, from what I understand, the agency is actually paying <laughs> for our personnel that want to, to go through this, where they're going to learn how to eliminate debt and how to, you know, uh, save and how to live on a budget and how to determine, hey, you know what, maybe we t- need to take those two cars that we're spending $1,500 a month on purchasing and trade those in and buy something that combined is five or $600 a month, <laughs> you know, yeah. because so often we're living beyond our means which compounds to the stress Mm -hmm. and then you're not connected because we're working all the time and we are home we're not focused we're disconnected um, and there's all these things and it's this vicious cycle within our marriages (laughs) within our homes. so how do we equip people they've got to do the work because we can't work harder than they're willing to work exactly but how do we equip them to protect their marriage and to protect their personal lives, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to give them the ability to sit and have the conversations where you can say, how are you doing? No, how are you really doing? you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's even easy for me to come up and just say, man, how are you doing? Good. Okay. No, how are you really doing? Man, you know what? I'm struggling. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, what if those conversations took place between spouses? We equip them to have those conversations. Well, they, those are conversations they should be having, absolutely, between spouses. But, but we see so often in today's culture, <laughs> well, people are going yeah. apart. You know, we're we're getting we're getting connected with all of our friends at the agency that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the spouses are taken into that, and sometimes they're not, right? Um, and if we are there, is it the healthiest environment? Not all the time. <laughs> Nope. You know, and, and so it's it's one of those things. But so the, the thing is, what resources can we keep in front of them? You know, one of the things that we're talking through in our peer support team is how do we keep peer support in front of our people without shoving it down their throat, right? So we're talking about putting a basket with just like some bottled water and some protein bars, just stuff like this that, that we get donated, Right you put those around the agency with just a note that says from your peer support team right and maybe there there's a little QR code that they can scan that code and boom there's contact for our peer support members right not a bad idea easily accessible they don't have to feel like they're sitting there having to write all this information somebody might see me I mean me personally I'd rather write it down because I just learned how to use QR codes about uh, two months ago so. but it's it's amazing technology but yeah. but no it, the, the thing is this though it's we recognize it's hard to ask for help yeah. in a lot of situations so what can we do to make peer support visible and available right where they don't feel like they're being looked at hey, yeah you know i'm well
0: and that's part of that stigma still
1: absolutely that's,
0: yeah and, i'll take the help if
1: nobody knows i'm getting it right which is if you think about it that's part of peer support yeah yeah it (laughs) It is is, you know but at the same token yeah it's it's hey we need some people to step up within our agencies and lead by example yeah and say man there is nothing wrong with getting help to stay healthy
0: yeah
2: i think that's getting there too it's definitely gotten better in the last two three years
1: if not a little bit longer oh i i would agree with that when i started doing peer support there were a lot of people that didn't talk (laughs) now it seems like in peer support debriefs we've got a lot more people participating because i think they recognize hey i may say something that may help somebody else
0: yeah well and uh, you know like we talked about i think there's the culture shift is happening absolutely it's just we're so far behind and it's like oh if we could just speed it up just
1: a little (laughs) what would have happened if peer support started 40 years ago
0: well we'd be having a Different conversation probably. Hopefully. We'd be just talking about the Packers. <laughs> so no, nobody... you might need peer support for that.
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody'd watch
2: the podcast then. Yeah. Oh we'd
1: be huge in Wisconsin. There you go. And? Do you know where Wisconsin is? No. Okay. <laughs>
2: wow.
0: Why are you such a hater? Because <laughs> it irritates you and it's fun for me. <laughs> it's all right. is about to go down to a number sixteen team, so Ooh. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs>
2: now, the second round? Maybe. Yeah. Bucknell. Yeah, we'll have Who was De- it that, that uh, Duke lost to in the second round a couple of years ago? Lehigh. Lehigh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, everybody. It I mean, when, when you're a number one seed almost every year, like a number one or number two, you're going to get upset.
1: Yeah. Law of averages it yeah, yeah. says it's going to happen, but yeah. you just know you just hope it's not in March Madness.
2: Well, no, that's when it's going to happen. No, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, but even in regular season, watching some of these losses, it's like oh, really? man, it
2: any, any team can beat yeah. any other team on any night. Yeah, all it yeah. takes is a couple hot shooters, and your team's cold. Or there
3: was, I think there was one one upset that just it was so out, out in left field last year that every, like the odds of somebody. Winning was like a point zero zero one percent of was, winning their. Are you bracket. talking about the there Virginia? Were, there were a couple remember. of them. It weren't was. There? It, it was I, I know there was one for sure. I mean, I don't. I don't follow well, basketball U, too much, but UMBC, I just know
0: UMBC was a number sixteen seed and they beat Virginia, who was a number one seed. Just the only time it's ever happened. And that was like what three
2: years
1: ago? Yeah, I years say ago. it was like two thousand eighteen, something like that. Because Virginia <laughs> lost, and
2: the next year they
0: won
1: the whole thing. Yeah, kind I mean, of That sucks. was a great turnaround for them. Kind yeah. of sucks that it could happen again tonight, didn't?
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> My guess would be never tomorrow night. say never. I mean, tomorrow Duke, night. D- Duke's playing Duke's what a two seed. Yeah, they could I, lose I, the way I, their season's been going. It's it it, they're they're they're, they're they're Jekyll and Hyde. They really are. Yeah, I mean, they smoked North Carolina at North Carolina and, <laughs> and then they got, got the pain the beat smoked. off of them. I can into on Coach K's last day on last game on senior night. I couldn't oh. believe it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's
0: they've been that way though. And for,
2: then they lost to um,
0: lost to vatech.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Virginia Tech in the by almost 20 in the ACC Championship. I was like cuz I expected Duke to come out and just blow him out of the water. Yeah. I was half paying attention. I looked up I was like, "Oh,
1: my, my thing is how do you guys remember all these details?" It's, well, it's, I can't remember it's, what it's I wore gift. yesterday. Yeah. It's a
0: gift. <laughs> so, well, so Chris and I used to every like the first full day of the tournament and sometimes the first two days of the tournament, we would get together and it would we would alternate houses and it would just be Okay, at 11 o'clock in the morning when the games start, I'll be there. And then we would sit there and watch basketball until 11 o'clock at night, yeah. whenever it was over. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not as, so, I mean,
2: we, we try, but I mean, things yeah. just, you get older, both married.
0: You yeah. got podcasts. Yeah, we got podcasts. Yeah, We're on.
2: Podcast is messing up my night right now.
0: <laughs> no, Mike.
1: We're just about done. I was,
2: I was about to put it on my phone and be like, "Oh, that's interesting."
1: I,
0: uh, <laughs> I'm taking that personal right about now. Don't <laughs> he says <laughs> this in every episode? I get a text message for every time he's going to be here. Yeah, oh, let's make it a short one tonight. Yep. Why are you coming? Don't bother. <laughs> Could you? I'm asking the same.
1: I'm asking the same thing. <laughs> Why? Why he come? Because he <laughs> begs. He, he hates Wisconsin. He, oh yeah. man,
2: Wisconsin,
0: Wisconsin.
2: Well, it, I just like the cheese curds. They were delicious. They're good. They were delicious. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> I, I like Wisconsin in the in the
1: two week summer they get. I really do. It's two it's, weeks. It's, some, you know, growing up in Wisconsin, state. it really is. Where I grew up in Lacrosse, the Mississippi is what separates us from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota. 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 And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so, but I remember they'd have these mayflies they're the like the they call them dragonflies they're mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they were so heavy going over the bridge that they would have to get snow plows and plow them off the bridge oh my gosh they would be so thick it was like cars that hit them it'd be like ice and they'd be huh. having accidents what? so they plow them off the bridge and eventually they put these um, grids on there that when they die and fall on the deck they just get squished through the grid and all that stuff but they had to change out with special lighting that wouldn't attract them as much and all that stuff it was crazy yeah, you wow. just drive over the bridge, there's mounds of these dead. <laughs> That's Wisconsin. <laughs>
2: All right, great. not going back there. Highlight.
1: Sure you don't want to take that motorcycle trip through there? Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, but the Mississippi's beautiful but dirty. Yeah. You know? No, it was a great place to grow up and great football team, uh, baseball. Eh, you know, they have their years. Yeah.
0: The <laughs> Brewers really—they have their ears.
1: Okay, I <laughs> can what be was wishful. The last time they were good. <laughs> I can be wishful.
3: I was upset when they got low from us. I, I miss low <laughs> That was our fault. I know. Yeah, I know. When <laughs> you win a World Series, you sell everybody. Everyone won, everyone everybody wants your go. players. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It was like we're good. Oh, we're back to what we were. oh yeah. we suck again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many former Royals players went on to win World Series with other teams?
0: all of them probably <laughs> I'm not, I'm not,
2: i
3: can name cool. ben zobrist
0: right off the bat he, oh, yeah. he won one with us and johnny then johnny to. The, yeah, yeah there you go well he went to boston though that's
1: yeah, yeah. again i slept i don't remember any of these guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't you know for it just sports
1: have always kind of stuck in my head yeah so yeah. my kids are the same way my boys with basketball even football, they can just, the stats and the names and all this stuff. Yeah, I, can't sure.
2: do the, I can't do the stats. I don't follow enough to give you, you know, that kind of stuff. But I can remember games and kind yeah. of who did what. Plays. Plays. If mm-hmm. they really stand out. Started when I was a kid. It was
1: Krishna Koye for me. That's when it started. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, talking about the stuff to remember, so much of it's with with our support of our. First responding segways. Oh, call yeah. there you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Redirect the conversation, pulling it back in. Yeah. So, no, but it, it's it comes down to the um consistent training of our peers mm-hmm. as well. We've got to have competent peers. You know, yeah. we, it, it's like any other skill. Mm-hmm. You have to stay sharp on it. Yeah, you absolutely. Have, you have to new You know, hey, what are the new terms? What are the new? Th- it, it's changing by all the time. I mean. The terms that I'm hearing now are what social media depression and social media anxiety, you know, and no, you're going to get me don't on, get on a soapbox <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to go there. I'm just saying, but, but okay. If this is legitimately out there, is this another thing that are, you know, because what are, what are our mm. first responders seeing on social media? Yeah. Especially it's the things that they're connected to, but it's, it's the training. It's a keeping it fresh. You know, I've got all, I got the stack of workbooks and notebooks from all the trainings I've done. And I try to go through one or two a month just to flip through the notes. And there's a lot of similar stuff, you know, schism, and here's the def- definition and all that kind of, you know, yeah. there's all this stuff, but then I'm always like, Oh, there's that one nugget. Yeah. You know? Um, and, but Hey, you know what? I've hopefully got it retained. So it's just like you guys, there's so much part, there's so much part of your job. That's just second nature. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just, you don't have to think about it. It just happens. Well, Mm -hmm. when we're in crisis mode, which is not uncommon for peer support, Mm -hmm. somebody's in crisis. We've got to be sharp and prepared and,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like, and that's a good point that you brought up of the, the stressors now aren't just like the job stressors of running that bad call or whatever. Whenever you start throwing social media into it and all of the. Like, the world has changed so much just since we've come on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have 18 years in July. Social media really wasn't a thing back then. And, you know, cameras on cell phones, and, like, we touched on that before.
1: Well, the media media always gets it
0: right, too. So. Uh, well, yeah. That's another soapbox. <laughs> You're trying my patience. <laughs> You'll never have yeah. me back. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, that. That could be a good episode. Just you say stuff that just sets me off on a soapbox. Just <laughs> this ramble. is this is the way we yeah. This is the way we set them off, and this is how we bring them back yeah, down. <laughs> I
1: don't the and this training guys, video is now complete. Yeah, there's this not enough where, internet for that. Soapbox. This, is, yeah. this is where active listening comes in. Yeah. So, but no, but the stressors
0: have changed, and the things that we have to deal with has changed, and. You know that's up to us, and as well as you know peer support and everything. You have to stay on top of all that stuff
1: to know how you can help. And has it
2: only? They've changed. They've been added to. That's
1: what I was going to say. Yeah. Has it changed or has it compounded? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Definitely compounded.
1: Better way to say it. Yes.
0: Absolutely. College boy. (laughs) Man, I
1: only did did, did two and a half years there, man. (laughs) I squeezed. I squeezed. Five into nine and still didn't graduate (laughs) (laughs) he's like your brother
2: (laughs) he graduated he's got a good degree
1: (laughs) you know we usually call those people doctors yeah well i've got enough schooling yeah i am starting classes again in three weeks for a you know biblical counseling certification where i'll be specializing in grief and trauma you know
2: there's always something to learn Oh, well, and one one class at a time to get your degree or your training is not a problem. And and here's where it is.
1: Again, we talk about competency. It's what I've learned as a pastor is most churches are really good about when, when crisis happens in people's life, when they lose somebody they love. We're good about loving on them. We're good about providing meals and caring for them. But we really don't know how to take people through their grief. Right? We really don't know how to help them when they've gone through that bad divorce or mm-hmm. the sudden unexpected loss of somebody, um, you know, and been able to counsel them through that traumatic event. But also being able to tie that in for me outside of the church setting into the first responder setting, you know? Oh, yeah, that's tough. And just being available and just, if I've got relationships within first responders, man, I can serve them in this way. And then refer them to people like your wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. If they need a higher level of care, and that's that's the thing to remember with peer support is it's a, you know, it's a stopgap of yeah. If we can handle this, cool. If not, then
1: we'll get you somebody who who can. Yeah. The, the big thing about so. peer support is you've got to know what your limit is. Yeah. We are not counselors. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and what? Hey, I need to stop here. And I need to encourage you to get connected yeah. at this level. How how can we aid you in that now? Yeah, you know.
2: So, I mean, the big the big part is getting that ball rolling.
1: Absolutely. You know, that, and
2: sometimes it's just that little push.
1: But it's also accountability. Hey, we had this conversation. You said this. Where where are we at with this? Yeah. What can I help you with? Right. It's not the you're a blank and liar and you didn't. Follow. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's. Hey, how can I help? How can I help make this happen? You know, um, it, it's, it's also celebrating the little things Yeah. when there is progress made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How can we celebrate that? How can we rally around them and say, man, well done. Proud of you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's something everybody should be doing in their, in their own life anyway, is you got to celebrate those small successes. The mm-hmm. small successes lead to big successes. Yep. So details matter. They do. That's a Jack Reacher line. <laughs>
2: great show. Yeah, I loved it. I'm going to watch it I've watched it twice. Oh my goodness. We'll go for a third.
1: <laughs> All right, on that note. Well, when KU's out of the tournament, you'll have plenty of time. <laughs> oh. Be, be nice <laughs> I like
0: it. Nice parting shot. So, says the Wisconsin guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're good. All right, if they so, lose
2: though, we're having a conversation. If
0: uh yeah. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um Unfortunately, we have. To, I we just kind of started rolling, but uh, kind of got to wrap it up a little early tonight. Um, if you have any parting thoughts, um,
1: man, I would just encourage anybody that's watching use the resources available. Lean on your peers that are healthy. <laughs> yes. Within our agencies, we've got people that are not healthy. We don't need to lean on. We need we need to take care of ourselves. So we can then help others. And I I look at it this way too. If we are handling our personal struggles or demons, whatever it may be, we need to deal through those so that we can do our jobs effectively. We can remain safe (laughs) because we are clear minded and uh, use the resources that are available and keep watching this podcast. (laughs)
0: boom nice (laughs) mic drop (laughs) and we're out so all right um everybody thanks for stopping by appreciate it if you are struggling like kip said reach out use those resources they are available to you um yeah and if you know somebody that's struggling reach out to them let them know that you care get them hooked up with some resources peer support a counselor something um So, yeah, thanks for stopping by,
1: and we'll see you next time.